Coming up, when the Houston Rockets officially place a call for one Mikhail Bridges, what is the responsibility of Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets organization to potentially reset their franchise timeline? We dive in coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. And let you know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets if your bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. And, Doug, this is... <laughs> I don't want to say that we talked about this maybe three or four weeks ago that we speculated around the one scenario you could, should, or would trade Mikhail Bridges would be if you could get back control of your assets. Now it's being reported that that could actually be a reality if Sean Marks and the Nets are willing to take those phone calls and have those discussions. Yeah, so a lot to get into here with Mikhail Bridges. A very busy Wednesday um, in basketball land when it comes to the Nets because there was multiple different reports that I'm going to try to detail here to make sure everyone lays the, get the groundwork for sort of what came up. So first off, uh, Mike Scotto of Hoops Hype comes out with a pretty lengthy sort of trade article detailing about how um, different teams just basically just doing a, a trade roundup, right? Like, you know, so where different players, where different teams are going to be sort of heading into the trade deadline, but a little more than a week out and sort of almost hidden in there was a piece. And I'll read the quote. He said, the Houston Rockets were among the teams to register trade interest in Mikhail Bridges. Houston was prepared to send back several of Brooklyn's unused remaining draft picks from the James Harden trade, but talks never got to that stage because the Nets declined to entertain anything for Bridges when Houston inquired when I, and I, okay, so there's that. And then I'll get to my reaction to that in a second, backing that up very quickly after was Sham Strani of the athletic did a very detailed uh, piece about uh, the rockets and just how that they are have basically going quote star hunting now with under, you know, basically coming from uh, Ime Doko and Adoka and then um, sort of like the treasure trove of just picks, <laughs> the Nets picks and the players that they have that they are in the market for a star going into this year because they want to make a playoff push before I, I actually I'll pause here for a second before I even get to my reaction on this when you see this what's your reaction to the thing that we've talked long talked about just from a logistical standpoint about the possibility of the Rockets maybe inquiring here about bridges and being willing to send Scott says several of the picks. There's only four. It's two picks and two swaps. So it's like several means at least three to me, <laughs> yep. right? As a baseline. Yeah. When you hear that, that's the offer. And then the second part of it is the Nets refuse to entertain it. I have a comment on of all that, but I'm curious to hear what your initial reaction. We actually really had never talked about this. I mean, first and foremost, when we discussed the idea of, oh, the only time you would do this type of trade is if it was Houston for control of your own picks. Okay. Yeah. But we also talked about it as as in, what's the likelihood that Houston actually is willing to do it? Right? We talked about it so hyper hyperbolically because we're like, there's no way that they, yeah. 
Now, hold on a second. You're telling uh -huh. me that they actually said they were willing to do that? So that's the first part. Like, th this is sometimes when we have our off-the-pod discussions, I'm like, hey, here's a far-fetched idea. And if, it, and if it resonates with Doug from a basketball, from a practical standpoint and making sense for both sides, then we go down the road. So this actually validates that theory. So that's the first part of it. The second well, part, one, the, one very small pause. We were the first ones on this. I'm positive. Yes. Like we were the yep. first ones to talk about this. We were the first ones to tweet about it and really entertain it as a conversation. We're in a lot of Nets chats and stuff. I don't take credit for this kind of stuff all the time. I don't believe we're first on everything. This one among the grander narrative scheme, we were the first ones to really float this idea. So I am going to give our us a pat on the back on timeliness. What does it win you? Nothing, but go ahead. Houston Brass listens to the Locked On Nets podcast, as we know they do. They go, oh, hold on a second here. These boys got something on us. Um, so then you get to the, the to the piece of that the Nets are not going to entertain. They're not even willing to entertain discussions around trading Mikael Bridges. This is eerily reminiscent. I'll stay regional. The New York football giants in 2018 had the second overall pick in the draft. And Dave Gettleman, the GM at the time, said, we're not taking phone calls. Saquon Barkley is a gold jacket wearing player. We're taking him. Don't look back. And very recently, it came out that the Denver Broncos were desperate to get up to draft Sam Darnold of all quarterbacks, and they refused to take the call. They were willing to give them the house to make that move. This is getting pretty close to that. Refusing to engage in conversations around Mikhail Bridges and trade offers. I, we understand what Mikhail's value is and what he represents, but this is this is all the picks from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and everything. And then more, your own picks back in control. I know it's not a player, so it. I know what it represents and doesn't, but I'm shocked that at a minimum, it, there isn't more to this as far as what they engaged in. And we understand this could just be public reaction from Sean yep. Marks from the net side of things, not necessarily what's going on behind closed doors. Okay, right. So, so I'll, I'll put the one caveat in here. If I was Sean Marks in the Nets organization, the first thing I would do to save face in the clubhouse and within the team is to say, we're not entertaining in it. You can always go back and say, we were blown away. Like you're all, you're always allowed to go back and say, they blew us away. We couldn't say no. That's where we changed our mind. We weren't going to entertain it for anything less than the King's ransom. And they blew us away. So you, you, you kind of, you, you, you walk the tightrope of not basically pissing off your best player, right. And bridges a guy that you've sort of attached, like sort of franchise cornerstone, monikers to at this point and while also secretly being like hey you can still call us right okay so i i do blink there's probably some there's probably some public posturing around here yeah all at the same time i think it's probably closer to the reality of like we don't want to talk about it to we're actually entertaining it like if i had to put it on the scale and when i read this i was like oh my god it actually could happen they have to do this they have yep. to they have to at least seriously consider it at minimum it has to be very lengthy conversations looking at the two different paths here because you don't very many, you, you don't often get a chance for like a take back basically <laughs> like this. And th that's what this is. Like this is a full blown double uno reverse, races. universe, uno reverse card, like being, get out of franchise jail. Like I said, I'm not, like you, you don't get chances at this. These other trades, these other big, huge like really everyone go back and look at all of them like where these huge pick hauls went out for these players they don't get a chance to read the next one through this they didn't get a chance to redo the kd sorry the the kg and paul pierce one they had to eat it those guys had no value at the end right, right. like these these you know 
some of these other ones really just go through all of them with the like with tons of picks and players attached. You don't get a chance. You hope that you can you hope you either win and you can justify it by winning it all or that you can grab a lot on the way out. And they got some for KD. They got a good haul for KD. They got uh they got a, something something for Kyrie, right? They got nothing for Harden because Simmons is they got a pick and nothing else because Simmons is toast kind of. And now you have this chance to grab everything back and really set your organization along a somewhat uncomfortable but correct timeline if you want to engage with superstar players later on. They just have to, they have to do it. Okay, it's just it's a no brainer to me. And I anyone that pushes back, I, I feel like I have a really tangible argument. But I don't know. So I went long. I went long there. But I feel very strongly about this. We've been talking about this for a while. Yep, no, hundred percent. And they did get a little first round pick action from Philly in the uh, in the Harden trade as well. But that's a footnote to that, just to make sure we throw it in there. Well, that in was Derek second- Whitehead, and he's out, and he's out for the year. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything about Whitehead. It's not his fault. I'm just saying that, like, look at what they got back from, like, right, that's, right. They, no, no, they no, have no, nothing matters. to show for. It. They have literally nothing to show for it right now. Right, late first round pick that turns into a dart throw at best, and sometimes an injured player. Right. Yep. Coming up here in a second, let's take it a step further. Why are we so convicted about making this trade? What is the trickle down effect across? the rest of this roster and how could it open things up for in theory a guy that could be the face of your franchise in cam thomas we'll get into that in just one moment all right before we get to that once again tell you about our friends over at fanduel where we're going to say happy super bowl sunday to all who celebrate from fanduel america's number one sports book look could not be more excited for super bowl sunday already doing some planning a lot of that planning i gotta tell you has to do with around what's going on on FanDuel because they have so many different bets that you can put in. If you uh, right now you can grab two hundred dollars in bonus bets over there on FanDuel to use for Super Bowl Sunday. If, if your first bet of five dollars or more wins, they have so many. I mean, if I started reading the player props that they have posted on FanDuel, we'd be here for the next hour. Like, there's literally so much. I'm going to give you one that you can sink your teeth into now. Brock Purdy over eleven and a half rushing yards. You, you saw the way he scrambled. You saw the way that he unlocked some of that stuff against the Lions. Really, kind of probably saved the game with his legs. Over 11 and a half rushing yards for Brock Purdy over there on FanDuel right now. New customers join today. Grab that $200 in bonus bets. If your $5 bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so as we continue the discussion here around the Houston Rockets making calls to the Brooklyn Nets, to Sean Mark saying we are interested in Mikhail Bridges and we are willing to give, as we said, several of your first round picks back, Doug and I safely assume that means three. And who knows? Maybe the posturing here is, no, we want the fourth one. We want all of the picks back to get this done. Maybe we want players. So when you publicly say we're not interested in trading Mikhail Bridges, as you say, it saves face inside the organization with your player. Yeah. And it also inspires maybe that team to say, okay, but, but what if I offer you this? What, what if I put a little more on top? What if I put a little more on top? I just went through this uh, with Locked On Kings, right? I, I spoke with uh, Matt George over there, and he asked about, it was a Mikhail Bridges hypothetical trade. And he said, well, what if we said four first-round picks, da-da-da? And I, in that scenario, I said, you'd at least have to entertain it. It's not your own picks, but it's a lot, and players, et cetera. So when it comes to this Houston thing, Houston situation for me, that's phase one. We both agree uh, you, you, you basically have to do it. If they're talking about three of your own picks back and maybe a player or the fourth pick, I feels like you have to do it. And then the phase two of that is Cameron Johnson. The phase three of that is Dorian Finney-Smith, is Royce O'Neal. You are talking about ending up with, including what you currently have, 20 first-round picks over the next five seasons. That is so much powder 
that you can keep dry until the right moment. And also it is dart throws. There's no guarantees in the lottery, but having control of your own four picks in theory means we can go to the bottom here. And that's not great. It's not a great outlook, but it means you can go to the bottom and have your best shot at a lottery, your best shot at getting a premier talent and building your core around them. Right. Okay. So the unfortunate reality with the uh, the NBA, I almost said the NFL. I'm thinking about the Super Bowl there. Uh, unfortunate reality with the NBA right now is that there's essentially two avenues to get superstar players in your team. Okay. The first is draft them. Right. Like, and if you go through like teams where that that are in contention right now, many of the teams that are in contention, their best players are players they got through the draft. Luka, Jokic, you know, Shea. Oh, I guess they. No, sorry. There's there's a second one with Shea, and I'm, that that's a relative example here, which I'm gonna which I'm gonna bring up here in a second. So the first one is you draft them. The second is you trade for them. The third is free agency, but that doesn't really exist anymore. All these players sign their first extensions right out of the gate. They all extend and they try to get traded later. Nobody hits free agency. No one young and good hits free agency anymore. The KD piece that happened with Kyrie was an anomaly. You're not seeing that happen with players of this caliber anymore. And you're going to see it less and less because everyone locks in their money early and they should. They all lock in the money for the most they can get for their own team. And then, and that's kind of the way it goes. So, and even to do that, to get those guys in trades, the second way you have to unload some of your resources to do it, thereby crippling it, which is why the teams in the best shape right now are the ones that have drafted their superstars. Is it a guarantee you'll draft a superstar? No, it is not. Is it a guarantee that you will not sign a superstar in free agency? Yes. So I can knock off that one right now. It's like you will not be able, you really cannot do it. Go ahead. Other guarantee is that, you know, can you, is it a guarantee you draft a superstar? No. Is it a guarantee you have no chance to draft a superstar if you don't have a draft pick? Yes. Right. Like you have correct. to have yes, it, that's it. You have to have it yes. to have the chance. Right. So it's still a better version of these scenarios. Yes. And so you, so the Nets are in a place now. And look, this sounds negative. It's really actually not. It, it, I think this is long-term positive. Like this is like, yeah. this is actually glass half full because it's, but it's just taking a longer approach. Is it fun to watch a tanking team? No. Is it more palatable to watch a tanking team when you know there's like sort of a long-term plan around a lot of picks and stuff? Yes, because here's the other problem. The teams that you see get themselves in the most trouble by far, and I can give many examples of this. The teams you see the, get in the most trouble are the teams that hold on too long. They hold on too long to this hope that they're going to be good and they're not because they don't have Jokic and they don't have Giannis and they don't have these other guys, Anthony Davis, Luca, Shea. Like they don't have these guys. They hang on too long and now they're selling guys pennies in a dollar. Washington Wizards are the best example of this. The Bulls are kind of an example, are, are excuse me, are definitely an example of this. Oh, definitely, the yeah. Raptors are, are just going through it. Now they're kind of mini resetting now, and but they also have a guy in Barnes that they can kind of reset around. If you wait too long, you run up, you, you run into major problems. Teams that did it early or just early enough. Orlando did okay with this. Get rid of Vooch, Fournier. They get back in. They get back in the draft. They get Paolo. They get Franz. Like, they get these guys, right? They get back in. And then go back to this other example I used before. The team that saw it the earliest was the OKC. They had Paul George. They had him there. He was under contract. And they traded him for a haul. That included Shea and a bunch of picks from the Clippers, and it was easily, easily the best thing. The thing is, is it great to portray Paul George away? Not sucks, it sucks. <laughs> but it's the best way to then go out and be able to draft Chet Holmgren and draft Jalen Williams, and you have Shea in the door. This it's so obvious to me, and I think it's just so short sighted by the Nets. I'm sorry, maybe there's something I'm missing. I just really don't think I am. 
No, and honestly, so because again, on the Mikhail Bridges part of it, he's 27 years old. He's the Iron Man. Yes. He's chasing down. He's chasing down the all-time record for consecutive games played. They said on the broadcast tonight he played every single game at Villanova as well. 160 plus games there too. It's all awesome. It's all great. He's only going to get older, and because it's so amazing that he's been an Iron Man, only increases the likelihood that he starts to break down. Like it, the my, mileage is mileage, no matter what, no matter how you're built. So now you in this moment right now have teams saying three, four first round picks, control your own assets. We're willing to open it up for you. In theory, can you do it again next trade deadline? Maybe, maybe Mikhail gets hurt or maybe he just doesn't look as strong or maybe teams make other decisions and moves that don't have the draft capital to come and pursue you, right? And by the way, especially specifically when it comes to Houston, Every year that you don't make a trade with them is a year that they make one of your picks, right? Is a year that they're using some of your draft capital to continue to improve their team. So now we saw, we've seen this on a lesser level. Ben Simmons is a great example of it, but Dorian Finney-Smith is the lesser example, right? Now he's out with an injury and you're not maximizing his trade value. So that's the other part of this. And I'll just, and I'll, real quick, I'm going to jump in and say something here. And I never do this, but I'm going to comment on something that someone said here on YouTube. I'm not going to bring up the comment, but I'm going to comment this now because I know how this sounds. It says, basically, the comment here is that we're too obsessed with wanting the Nets to be bad, right? That's not, that's not you have to understand. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. It's actually the want for the Nets to be great. Like, it's yes. there's a, there's a yes. difference here. Like, there's there's a want, like, the understanding that I want the Nets to be great. Guess why I want the Nets to be great? Because when the Nets are great, the podcast does better. <laughs> like when the Nets are great, you like the YouTube views get better. It's like this isn't rocket science, folks. The if the, the team is better, the show does better. Even forget even the fandom part. Which I, like, I'm, I'm a fan and I want them to win. The difference is the way I view this, I view this differently, maybe than some other people. I am willing actually to forego short-term satisfaction for long-term upside. That's how I That's invest in things. It's how I go through things in my own personal life. And it's how I view the team too. I'm able, why there's no, I don't want the Nets to stink, but I also want the Nets to be great. And if we've seen the track record in the NBA of how to be great, by and large, this is the way. It's to control your own draft assets. It's to take many bites at the apple in the draft to get superstars that are cost controlled and on your team for a long time, starting when they were very young. If Bridges was 23, I would not talk about this this way. Yep. If Cam Johnson was 22, I would not talk about this way. If Ben Simmons was 24 and we had time to kind of get this back on track, this would be different. They're not. They're older. They are starting the age the age curve on the downslope. This is not us wanting the Nets to be bad. It's wanting the Nets to be great. And for me, there is a very clear path that you can take, and the Nets have the opportunity to take that. And I and 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 you don't get many chances to do it. That's that. I, I don't know how a better way to explain it. No, I, I, we are on the same page when it comes to this. It's not reflective of how we feel about Mikhail Bridges as a player or Cam Johnson as a player or about this collection of talent. You, you said it there. Th there is one path that they are on right now, and that is to be, we've seen the results, average, below average slightly, and make a particular move. Coming up here in a second, I'll, I think I'll further illustrate why making this move now is what the Brooklyn Nets need to do. Because the other path, which in theory is the path that they are holding themselves to, is not one that gets you to a championship. We'll break down why coming up here in just one moment. All right, before we get to that, once again, talk to my friends over at Prize Picks, our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks has made daily fantasy so easy on Prize Picks. You're not wrangling with salaries, you're not wrangling with sharks in the water. You're just going more or less on the Prize Picks projections 
You can win up to 25 times your money by putting together five different players with their stats to go. So like with basketball, you're going more or less on the points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. With uh, football, you're going you know more or less on the touchdowns, receiving yards, rushing yards, passing yards, all the stats that you love, all the stats that you know with all the players that you know too. You do some uh, I know better stuff over there with prize picks and away you go. Get yourself started on prize picks by going to the prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Code locked on, um, locked on NBA. Getting all worked up. I like prize picks so much. Locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So as we wrap up today's episode of the Locked On Nets podcast, focusing on a seismic opportunity that we never thought would legitimately materialize, even if, small pat on our own back here, we did discuss it at length in recent weeks. The other side of this is, if you believe, so why are the Brooklyn Nets, why would Sean Mark say we're not interested in trading Mikhail Bridges? Because they believe that the next phase of this plan is to keep Mikhail Bridges, keep Cameron Johnson, and then we're going to add in Donovan Mitchell in the offseason, right? We're going to go spend some of this draft capital we got to bring in that next piece. Guess what? I hate to break the news to you. If you go out and sign Donovan Mitchell, you're still another player away from being a championship contender. That is, it's not one move. And what you sacrifice in the process of getting Donovan Mitchell leaves you in a similar position to where you were after you came out of the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era, not having a lot of draft capital, don't have control of your own assets. And now you are playing a, a good team a more exciting team to watch than how they're currently constituted, but it's not championship level. And it goes back to what Doug said. I want them to be great. And being great means being in a position to actually have multiple superstars and they don't have, you want to sacrifice all the draft capital that you accrued in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving trades. Fine. I do not see at least right now, barring a Luca, right? Barring a Giannis becoming available in a trade. There are not two moves to be made here that take this team to that level. And Oh, by the way, when you go to make those trades, guess who they might be asking for? Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson. Some yeah. of the core pieces that you believe help you get over that hump. All right. So, and for people that haven't listened to us before, I'm going to do the caveats that we've always put with the Bridges trade. I'm yep. only advocating trading Bridges to the Rockets. I do not want to trade the Bridges to any other playoff team for five picks that are all going to be effectively second rounders for years. Like, I don't want like trade him to the Knicks or trading him like OKC, like anywhere else, because those teams would be good. I don't, I'm not interested in their picks. Those are will still be out of your hands, right? Like sort of like the Phoenix picks are now. So that's mm -hmm. caveat number one. Caveat number two is I'm also only advocating for it to get all of the picks back, everything back from the Rockets. They have to get both picks and both swaps. The swaps are important here because the the Nets will just be getting the swaps back now. Like they're in a sweat now where they have to like they could be giving those swapping back to the Rockets if they end up being bad. Rockets are probably going to be pretty good. You're never going to swap with them, so don't worry about it. You take the swaps back too. They have to get all four of those back, right? To for me to entertain for me to entertain it. I'm working the assumption that they would do that. That's around the asking price for bridges now, four picks, right? Or what's been offered. So I think that's reasonable. If they're able to attach other stuff here to grab, grab like an Amon Thompson, a Cam Whitmore, all the better. You should hold hold out for the max. I am not saying no one is advocating here to just go pennies in the dollar because like the Nets can go into a soft tank. I'm saying right. you go for you, you do go, you have a chance to go for everything. You should do that. So I, I really want to clarify here. This is literally the only package I would accept for Bridges. Out, no other, no other team. I don't want it. Really outside. Really, this is it, right? So um, I think that's an important clarification here around because I think I can see this getting interpreted like trade Bridges for picks. No, no, no. Only these picks. 
these are the only ones. I don't want these other good team picks. They're not going to be worth it. So I think that's an important distinction to make here. No, 100%. The other thing I think that I'll just, I'll put it as kind of the footnote here. And this isn't why you make this trade. You make the trade for control of your own assets. The other side of it is, I mentioned his name at the top. You know, what? what's the plan with Cam Thomas? Is he a guy that, that the organization likes? Are they even mildly fond of him? Do you know? Do they believe in him as maybe, maybe being one of the core who is young and can carry this team forward as you add in other young talent, as you bring along these draft picks and you try to add pieces in? I'm not saying that you trade away Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson so you play young guys and Cam Thomas gets to run 48 minutes with the ball in his hand all night, but it would be a nice side effect of if you clear out this iteration, this mindset from the organization that we're still competing for the playoffs this year, that the 10th seed in the play-in tournament is, is an achievement worth celebrating. If you go the other way, you get to free reign. Cam Tom, by the way, and he's developed, and you're seeing these little glimpses, and he's growing, he's getting better. He's an elite-level scorer right now. So let him cook for the rest of the year and go into next season saying, if he is a part of, and you can say that about any player you want, if he's a part of our core identity going forward, we start to construct the roster accordingly. The other thing that we've constantly said, consistently said, I should say, about these trades, the Nets got the best value they possibly could picks and players in these in the Kyrie Irving and the Kevin Durant trades. It doesn't mean that they all fit together. We always say, right, these guys are all good individual players, but their value often lies somewhere else because they fit in with other systems and other elite talent around the league. That's the other big, I think, discrepancy here it's not about how good mikhail bridges is this is telling you how, how these that good teams are willing to give four first round picks or your total control back of your franchise you have to be willing to do that to clear out this clouded judgment around maybe we can get ourselves back to another level you didn't get there with the superstars in the last iteration by the way for all a whole bunch of reasons that were highlighted on a tribute video tonight control your own destiny right control your own destiny you have players you think you like in your pipeline already be young be okc Follow the OKC model. And guess what? If two years from now, long-winded, I know, if two years from now, you're a team that's winning 45 games and is in the playoff picture, six seed, whatever, but you're young, that's different. You said it before. Like, that's different than watching 27, 28-year-olds try to compete to scrape into the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's tough. Look, I, I get it. Like, these I'm speaking are tough negatively th about guys that I really do like as individuals. No, and no, as no. Players, and look, the these yeah. these are tough things. Like, I, I, it would be easy to say never do this. It'd be easy to just come on the podcast and say trade for Donovan Mitchell or trade for you know trade for the next superstar or hold out. Yeah, I get it. Like, trade for I, Wiggins. That's, that's what's that? I'm said, I said trade for no. Wiggins. I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. You're right. Like, I I get it. Like, that's what people want to talk about. And and frankly, the, the reality is that's probably what we will be talking about. Like, that is probably what will happen. But the the the, the strong possibility here is a trade deadline comes and goes, and the Nets don't pull this move because this is a really tough thing to think about. And they have other things they have to think about. They have to sell seats. Like, you know, the the, the fans are important. The money's important for these guys, and it's hard to sell seats for a team that's really really bad, right? And so around a fan base that might not be, you know, the most robust to begin with. Right. And so I, I get why this is hard. And, and I, and, but I just think it's, it's so important to at least bring up as a possibility, because I do think if you think about it just rationally and logically through the lens of how the rest of the league operates, and when you see the teams that are great and sort of how they got there, if you look at the two different roadmaps, it just becomes like really obvious. Now, look, you still need to have things go right. You can still be the Hornets and like be this year every year and be bad, right? Like 100%. you need to have a yeah, good organization. A you, you need to draft well. Like you have to have other things go right. Like you can, 
draft in the lottery a lot and still kind of stink. Like there are teams that do that. So it's, there's no guarantee, but if you just look at it, if you believe in the organization and you believe you can draft well, and you believe you can kind of like take a longer form approach. If you just look at the success through the rest of the league, this is mostly how these teams got there. Just go down the list and look at the best players in the teams and how they acquired those players. Almost always, not always, but almost always the base was through the draft and then filling in like the rest of the guys around them. And if you don't do it that way, it is just so, so, so much harder. Again, you can do it. It's possible, but it's very hard to get to the promised land. Like, and the promised land is winning the championship. And I think if you're, what are we doing this for? We're in here to win championships. Like that's it. That's the goal every year is to raise, you know, like raise the banner. And I just think that I just think that's the way. And the best way to do it is to get as much control of your draft as you can and to make really good organizational decisions after it. It's not the only way, but I think it's the the highest likelihood way to do it. And sometimes it needs to be painful, right? Like sometimes it needs to be painful. And and you can be optimistic in the short term about Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson. And 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 it is like I prefer them not to have to maybe go low in order to ultimately get high, right? But but that's actually we had we had this conversation about Sean Marks the other day, the fortitude, right? Does he have the fortitude to make the hard choices now that these are his mistakes that he's trying to correct, not the mistakes of previous regimes? We'll see what plays out. I don't think either one of us believes this is likely to actually happen, but the mere fact that it's being reported at least means that there are real discussions happening around the league, around the nets, around Mikhail Bridges. And if Houston is that desperate, if they believe they have a window for themselves, man, I'll tell you what, we hear after the deadline that this didn't go down and it was all four picks and maybe a couple of players. I will be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be disappointed. And even though I shouldn't be, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if they don't pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, again, reminder, not negative, positive over the long term. Like that's the, it's, it's important that people understand that. I really can't, yeah. I, I I feel like I have to say it. I feel like I have to give an asterisk here. Like it's because it sounds, it it's, I know the way it sounds, but it's, you really have to hear it through. Like you have to hear it through the shell where it's like putting out like, Hey, this is, this is ultimately for the best. And, and we just have to, we might have to delay some short-term gratification around a team that has, $42 million of hurt all the time. Ben Simmons on the roster, right? Has right, guys that are, right. are, are trending toward the wrong side of the age curve here at 27, 28. That's getting to be the wrong side. Like, so it's not like these are just other considerations. And then just look at the teams that got, that got mired in sort of like NBA no man's land. It's the teams that just simply waited too long that thought they had better chances than they actually did. And that's where you right, can get yourself right. in the most. It's easily where you can get yourself in the most trouble. It's what teams do time and time again with this. They just wait too long to be able to look themselves in the mirror about where they are. And if they don't do this, I'll tell you right now, they have to, they better guarantee if they, this will be my last thought. If they don't, if they did not pull a trade like this off, they have to have to somehow pry loose one of those top 10 guys, top 15 guys. Like I just said, because otherwise you really blew it. Like that's the other way. Go do that. If you don't do this, then definitely do that on the top 15 guy. If it's neither of those things, brutal, brutal beat. All right. We're going to get out of here. Much appreciated. Everyone again, positive jumped into what's that. I said, again, we're positive about this. I'm fired up, man. Um, well, much appreciate everyone that jumped in to YouTube. Uh, usually we take live stuff here tonight, but we, we did, we rolled through a couple different episodes. So uh, I think we're going to probably bounce out of here as we head into the late hour. Make sure you join or go over to, we grab that free ebook that we talked about. Totally free to you. We put a lot of work into it, but that's, a, it's not even the work. It's, 
the love that we the love and care we put into that for you but we got That's nets.com you can smell it in there uh I have, I have a quote here don't worry i was just getting lost in go the for ebook. it buddy. definitely check that out at the uh, <laughs> uh at the end of the day if i can't say i had fun it wasn't a good day that's simone biles there you go oh, one of the all-time great poets we'll be back again tomorrow talking more brooklyn nets basketball